All right, let's do a sync point. So let's do it in three, in two, in one. Clap. Oh, no. <laughs> Should we do it again? Let's I never do it know again. if we're going on one or on clap. No, no it's on no. clap. Sorry. We're so it's three, two, on, one, clap, on, on clap. clap. So three, two, one, clap. Sorry, you guys Dutton. doing it a whole beat uh, afterwards. <laughs> and we'll, right, and we'll start and we'll start the show. <laughs> Sorry, Devin. It's fine. And we'll start the show in three, in two, in one. Hello, welcome to 10,000 Posts, it's the show about how we can't sync on time. Um, no, it's it's the show about how everything is posting. Uh, my name is Hussein, I'm very tired uh, for personal reasons, I'm not going to go into them, but it is very stressful, um, and I am joined by my co-host who looks a little bit more zen than me, uh, Phoebe. Yeah, I've, I've used up all of your all of your energy. Yeah, you've just sapped, you, no, it all got sapped in the site, <laughs> we all got... Uh, uh, it, I'm sorry, this will be the only reference to Morbius I make. It all got sapped uh, because Morbius bit me when I was out doing my shopping this morning. Mm-hmm. Uh, all my energy is gone. Uh, so thanks for that, Michael Morbius. Uh, maybe check out the bonus episode that will be coming out this week about that film, the film of the summer. Speak, speaking of uh, places, uh, I didn't even have to segue about, look, we have a, we have, we have a returning, <laughs> returning champ coming on the show. I'm really stressed out. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> returning champ uh, Andrew Law from uh, Bunta Vista who has come to join us today uh, once again to uh, to talk about uh, a very leisurely hobby of, of parenting and parent posting. It's nothing more relaxing. Uh, thank you for having me yeah. again. Hopefully I can help relax you, you know? Yeah, I hope yeah. so. I mean, you're looking, you know, you have like, there is like a very guru aesthetic to you. <laughs> um, I think that like if you wanted to like rebrand as like yeah, a lifestyle guy put, putting out like one of those chill books about like how, um, yeah, you can like do chill parenting by just like forcing them to do meditation. I think you'd do well with that. Oh, like that art of not giving a fuck kind of stuff? Oh. Yeah, kind yeah. of, kind of. Uh, that, that shit is yeah. bestseller. So, you know, if I can, mm. if I can make a mm. uh, massive bank off it, sure. Yeah, I mean, that is my backup plan if like all else fails. So like write write a self-help book where like all the um swear words are like asterisks, but you use a yes. lot of them to show that like actually you don't give a fuck, it's the publishers who do. Uh let me start that again. Sorry. <sighs> do you think I should get like a give a disclaimer to like what's going on with me right now? <laughs> yeah, uh, maybe like maybe. Okay. Or... All right. Okay. Yeah. Devin, you can like choose to advocate or not. Look. Okay, so tomorrow I'm getting uh my I, I'm I'm getting married, uh, which is to say that like the High Court of like England and Wales or whatever the fuck are recognizing that my marriage is legitimate and I'm not using it to like as cover for like a Ponzi crypto scam. Although like I am, she just doesn't know about it yet. <laughs> um, but anyway, I'm dealing with like some last minute logistics. It's very very stressful. So if I do sound a bit stressful, I'm really sorry for that. Devin, again, you can choose whether you can keep that in or not. I love you, Hussein. You are God's perfect soldier. And if anyone judges you for being stressed out during this recording, I will kill them personally. Um, okay, look, we have some interesting stuff on the show today. We are going to talk about parent posting and dad posting, but some discourse has happened uh, online. Um, and I don't really know exactly what's kind of gone on. I've sort of seen bits of it, but Phoebe, you have been a bit more plugged into like what has gone been going on so why don't you introduce what i can only describe as uh the uh why we need to protect disney adults mm, or subtitle why 
Mickey and Minnie Mouse should be worshipped as gods. Yes. Um, yeah. That as far as far as as far as I can tell, like don't say I've been plugged in. I've just seen it. Like people keep sending it to me. Um, <laughs> it's not. It's I'm not. I'm not plugged in. What have we said about yeah. me of being plugged in? What have we said I, about DMing? DMing Fifi. Don't do I it. Go, I go. I go out. I touch. I touch grass. I smell the air. I you know. Yeah. You know what? You know I, what doesn't have. You know what doesn't have grass and air? Disneyland. It probably has air. It doesn't have this grass. This is interesting. <laughs> I I don't think it does have grass, actually. I don't think they're allowed to have actual grass. That is uh, one of the many uh, imprecise statements about Disney and its uh, associated products that I will be making uh, in the following yeah. discussion. So, uh, so saddle, saddle up to listen to someone who basically knows very, very little about Disney parks. Um, it's a content so this, warning so, for any Disney adults who are listening. So, yeah, for any Just, Disney yeah. adults who are listening, uh, yeah. you will not find the respect that you so desperately crave here. So... So just a little note before we start, I did look up just now, does Disneyland have grass? And the answer from at least Disneyland uh, in Florida says, there are grassy areas in some of the theme parks, but they're all somewhat fenced off. There isn't really a soft spot to lay down with a blanket. Why okay. would you want to lay down? You know what? You know what? You know what? I'm not dealing with that. No, 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 no. We're, gonna, we're going straight into the substance <laughs> of the discussion. Um, that someone, like, someone did once tell me that there's like, it, which I think is actually quite interesting in terms of the discussion, which was generated by this uh which is that there's a there's a sort of morgue like right at the edge of all disney lands uh because no one dies in no one dies at disney like that's like that's like one of their i think slightly creepy ethoses like i think like if you have to say no one dies at our theme park then that yeah surely is going to raise some questions so if somebody like has like a heart attack or something in the middle of Disney World, they get like dragged away, <laughs> mm. kind of like under like under cover of darkness because like no one is permitted to die at Disneyland. I don't know if this is like kind of apocryphal or that this is a real thing, but I choose to think of it as a real thing because I like the idea of Disneyland having like a kind of sacred, like a sacred boundary, like ancient Rome, and you are not allowed to kind of contaminate the sacred like the kind of the sacred area with like with death and with corpses i like like i like that idea so that's what we're sticking with so no the, one, so the no original, one has so the, ever said no one's ever said my mother died in the most magical place in the world <laughs> no mm. exactly no can't have that simply can't have that so so this so this so this starts with the wide sharing of uh reddit am i the am i the asshole post uh, which was a very kind of like, like, honestly, it was very kind of midday meet and drink to Twitter. Like, obviously, someone being tremendously obnoxious with the added, like, with the added kind of bonus aspect of not realizing how tremendously obnoxious they were being and not realizing to the extent that they are like asking the people of Reddit whether or not they were in fact being tremendously obnoxious. And the short version is, is these two people were getting married, which, you know, people are allowed to do. Like, you know, we're a broad church. Yeah, but we'll, we'll, we'll let people get married, including one of the hosts of this show. Like, he's allowed to get married. And he will be getting <laughs> married at Disney World. So I feel that's like right. yeah, I feel like correct, we need to yeah. make that clear before this discussion. So these yeah, so these correct. so these two characters are are Disney adults. Um fine. Like honestly, like this bullshit with the Disney adults, like 
like yeah like what you like like stuff for children just don't try to insist through a kind of toolkit of online confected social justice language to force people to treat your hobby like it should be treated with the same kind of aesthetic and critical markers as stuff which is aimed at adults like Mm. that's that's like that's that's all that's all people are asking it's like it's like it's fine if you're an adult who likes disney stuff but don't start with the uh actually uh i like disney stuff because of this or because of this like that is fine 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 but i am not going to participate in the fiction and the pretense that it has the same cultural and aesthetic value as stuff which is not aimed at children i'm just i'm not i'm not going to I feel like the uh, I feel like the acquisition of Marvel has really blurred the lines on this for a lot of people. Where yeah, you know, there mm. was, it was sort of the the acquisition of the movie arm of something which is just comic books, which I think mm-hmm. we can agree for a large part of history have been something squarely aimed at children. In the same way that, say, uh, an action figure with a bunch of points of articulation was traditionally aimed at children. You can now buy very expensive, sexy ones to place around your home elegantly, if you wish to. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not what I'm doing personally, but, but you sure can <laughs> do it. And, and so now they've got Marvel and they've, they've obviously put a lot of effort and a lot of time and a lot of money into crafting this cinematic universe which has been very deliberately aimed at like the broadest cross-section possible between children and adults who want to watch movies about superheroes, you know, like they keep it in that, they keep it in that wheelhouse of like, you know, an adult can watch it and appreciate seeing characters pop up from things when they were kids. And, uh, Mm -hmm. but also it needs to be something where the kids like all the action scenes and it's not, it's not too violent or scary, all that sort of thing. So I think that's that's very gateway to saying you have to respect and tolerate my deep love of this stuff that Disney is producing. Mm-hmm. But then yeah. this 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 stuff goes further like the I'm a person who basically wants to live at Disney. Like I really feel mm-hmm. like it's only it the does. last couple of years that I've learned about these people with like the the year long passes. And they go like mm. multiple times a week and they go just to hang out and watch the fireworks all the time. And it's a very weird mm. vibe. I mean, I, I went to the one in Orlando as a child. Uh, mm. no, well, I want to say like as a, we, we didn't say tween back then. Um, <laughs> I, I reckon I was, I was yeah, probably. The, 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 the marketing people weren't there for that just yet. That's right. Uh, but I reckon I would have been like uh, maybe 12 or 12 yeah, or 13 yeah. or something, you know. And uh, yeah, it's it it sure is a great big theme park built around cartoons for children. You know, that's that's definitely how it felt when I was there as a child. <laughs> so yeah, these these people who were like, I just want to go all the time and spend all my time there. It, it is genuinely a a perplexing thing to me. And then we have people like the ones in this Reddit post. Yeah. Which is, yeah, yeah, I think, I think it's very much, very much a sort of separate level because the thing about this Reddit post is it's not so much a, am I, am I the arsehole for being a Disney adult, which like, you know, I, I, I find it 
I find I find it difficult to kind of go along with the idea that like what kind of person you are is like dictated by what kind of cultural products you consume. I don't think that's like I don't think it's necessarily the best marker. I'm sure that there are Disney adults who are very nice people. I mean, every what every single Disney adult I've ever come across has been annoying as fuck, but that's not necessarily to be like <laughs> extrapolated out. Like every kind of like every kind of movie subscription person I've met has been annoying as fuck as well. So like I don't really see what like like why there should necessarily be like too much of a kind of a you like this, therefore you suck. But this is combined with the other big, like the like the other uh, sort of big arena for people behaving like absolute fucking dickheads um, and not realizing that they're behaving like dickheads and that's weddings. Um, and like, I, like I'm quite hard line uh, uh, about the subject of, of weddings i think fundamentally you should sort of do what you like but you also have to remember that like you do have guests and i take like and i don't know if this is like a kind of kind of inculcated uh sort of inculcated kind of and i don't even want to say like oh this is a kind of inculcated immigrant background thing because like i think that's like quite a bizarre thing to say because i think it's bizarre to suggest that like people in like people in the uk in the uk don't like like aren't good hosts and aren't hospitable like, I don't think that that can possibly be the case and I think it's a bit strange when people are just like oh my god like I would like my like aunties or whatever would never put up with this um but um I think like I think fundamentally you have to make it a reasonable enjoy a reasonably enjoyable or at least a tolerable event to go to because if you really, really don't care about being good hosts and you really, really don't care about the fact that you have guests, then, and it, and you are taking the line, it is just for you and it's nobody else's business and like, and you don't have to do anything which pleases anyone else, then just don't invite people. And just stop get wasting witnesses. everybody's time. Stop wasting everyone's time. Like you are asking people to give up time, often to spend a lot of money on attending this Travel. event. Uh, yeah, often to travel, like if people who have kids, like you're asking them to like kind of find childcare. Like I think that like the kind of this is your wedding day and it's all about you. I think is a very uh, kind of diseased cultural uh, sort of cultural mm. assumption. Well, I think I, it, I wish weddings were about me. <laughs> I yeah, I'm not I'm not I'm not allowed to play uh, cruel angels thesis. Yeah, uh, no, no, it was that, like that, actually that, a very no, big... no, no, that I absolutely <laughs> support. <laughs> I think not I think not just like any wedding that I might have is about me. I think everyone else's wedding is about me as well. That's what I think. That's how I think yeah. it should be. My 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 wife was just like no weeb shit ever. Um, yeah. When we when we move in together, you can keep all your weeb shit like in you know in in your office. Like what I don't want room. any of that around me. And you know what? Fair enough. Yeah, Fair no, enough. no, no, I'm no. She is co- she's completely correct. Yeah. <laughs> When when um, we got married, and I'll, yeah. I'll I'll say all of this with the I guess the um, disclaimer that you know I'm 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 a white suburbs guy with no strong like uh, like religious influence in my life. Um, I come yeah. from a from a family that sort of stopped practicing religion when I was very young. We just sort of stopped going to church and stuff. You know, never a particularly big deal. Um, and same same for my wife's family where it's not like a, a particularly uh, big influence on their interactions as a family or anything like that and generally speaking that's that's kind of the society that I live in at this point and so for us it was really this thing of we we are not in a situation where anyone is expecting or demanding us to get married 
it's not like in the 50s mm. where people are like, oh, if you guys want to like move in together and start fucking, you're going to need to do this thing or everyone's going to look down on you. It's going to be a big deal. Yeah, you're going sort of to you're, you're need the, the fucking piece of paper. Yep. Yeah. Uh, you need your fucking license. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, you need the fucking finally. license. Finally. <laughs> I'm so excited. Um, I'm finally going to get it. I've been waiting for so long. <laughs> and, and so like there, there was absolutely no pressure for us from from anybody to get married or to do it in a particular way or anything like that and that meant that the only reason for us to get married was to celebrate getting married with the people that we love you know mm -hmm. it was to share yeah. that with other people so it was it was like just as much about the other people that were there as it was about us if our mm -hmm. position was this is just about us and we don't give a fuck what anybody else thinks we we could have just not got married and mm. continued living our life exactly as we were, you know, doing whatever we wanted. Um, but but that was something that we wanted to do. And so, you know, a lot of the decisions that we made around our wedding were based on what do we enjoy about weddings when we go to them? What are the things that we mm. don't like at weddings that we want to avoid? So for us, like, you know, one one of the things for us was like, there needs to be enough food. Everybody at the mm. wedding needs to be able to eat as much as they want and not be yeah. like, oh, shit, I, I missed it. I missed the tray going mm. around and I don't get anything to eat for another, you know, two hours or whatever. I, yeah. I remember going to people's weddings. Um, I remember going to somebody's wedding and they had the ceremony. It was a, a long Catholic ceremony for these people who were not practicing Catholics. They went to the counseling Beautiful. and they had the chat with the priest and they were like, oh, for sure, we're going to have dozens of Catholic babies for real. Wink. Uh, and <laughs> just for the location, right, which I've, I thought was offensive and I'm not Catholic. I was like, that, that seems kind of fucked up to go into a priest's office and sit down with him and tell him that you're totally totally on board with all of this just so that you can like have nice photos in the church so wedding happens and then they're like all right we're gonna go do photos and stuff so we will see you at the reception four hours from now and oh my God. you know just entertain yourself so that span yeah. of time <laughs> where it's like it's not long enough to go home and take off the suit you're wearing or anything like that yeah but it's also far too long to just kind of stand around or like wait at a cafe yeah. or anything like that so all those it's, sorts of things where we were like definitely it's definitely long enough to get super super drunk with nothing to sop it up yep. as i found to my cost at a wedding a few years ago when i um <laughs> yeah. told, i told i told i told a friend from school's uh new boyfriend that the secret to working from home is scheduling your wanks for the afternoon Mm -hmm. And this was because, <laughs> and this was because there was like, yeah, like you said, like a three hour gap between the ceremony and the reception. Every time a waiter came out with the, these deeny, deeny little canapes, they would just get kind of like mobbed. <laughs> so, um, so I'd like basically had like two tiny, like smoked salmon things and maybe six glasses of champagne. So, yep, doesn't um, work. so I was doesn't not, work. To I was not to blame for that their wedding planner was squarely yeah. to blame for the fact that i have not seen that man since um <clears throat> yeah so that's fine that's that's absolutely fine in, but... in the reddit yeah in the reddit post i was going to say but like so the, the kind of like core contention of it was that they had spent a bunch of money uh that they, they had directed the money that was supposed to go from catering the wedding 
mm. um, to hiring uh, Mickey and Minnie Mouse from Disneyland to perform at their wedding, where yeah. each one cost like within the tune of like several thousands of dollars. It, it was um, it was that they they had they had received financial assistance from both sets of parents so that they could do the whole yeah. wedding and be like debt free at the end of it. Um, yeah, and then at a point they had to choose between having both Minnie and Mickey for 30 minutes each or mm-hmm. feeding all of their wedding guests and they said well obviously we're getting Mickey and Minnie uh, yeah. they, say, they say their parents were supportive of them but after mm-hmm. the fact uh, aunties, traditional shit stars um, and, and other people have started kind of weighing in months later on Facebook to say that wedding sucked. I did not get to eat. Uh, they said, hey, we, we told you that we wouldn't be feeding you and that there were other places in the vicinity where you could go and buy some food. But apparently yeah, they, that was not was particularly... We, we told you that there were vending machines. Like, cool. I, vending like, machines throughout. I would, I would be absolutely livid if I was expecting to eat out of a vending machine having taken time out of my life to go to somebody mm. else's wedding, but like, ah, the, well, but, um, but what uh, like, I think I think what's like worth like worth pointing out in their kind of extremely kind of aggrieved um, aggrieved description of this, not only um, not only in terms of uh, they're aggrieved that anyone had a problem with it, but they want to kind of defend their decision is that originally they did get a caterer and then they found out that they could get a Mickey and a Minnie for the same price. What I think is interesting is there's no kind of information about like what makes what makes something like a kind of generic Mickey and Minnie and what makes something like a kind of canonical Mickey and Minnie because like surely you can find someone to dress up in a Mickey Mouse costume for less than three grand for half an hour. Like surely that exists. Disney are famously litigious, though. I think that if you were running a business that said, we will get a very legitimate-looking Mickey Mouse to come out to your wedding. <laughs> <laughs> what um, is a legitimate-looking uh, Mickey Mouse? <laughs> yeah, we will get a very realistic Mickey Mouse out there. Um, <laughs> how how but, realistic are we? Realistic like a mouse or realistic? <laughs> yeah, I, I think instead that your, your best bet is that you're going to get one of those uh, ones that you see in like viral videos of the parades, like going through small towns yeah. that are just made up of random characters popping and locking. Sure. And the and so yeah, like so you, so you don't the think that there's like and... <laughs> <laughs> so you don't think there's like um, there's like a kind of distinction between like an official Mickey and Minnie and a I'll, kind I'll of and a non and a, and a non brand one. I'll say this. I think um, I think that you would be hard pressed to find a bootleg Mickey and Minnie to come to your wedding and I don't think these people would have wanted it. I think they're, they're, <laughs> they're true Disney heads and they, they want to make the sure their Disney money heads. goes to the mouse, you know? They yeah. do say here, <laughs> um, for everyone saying that it's too much for 30 minutes, I want to clarify that it was two, parentheses, number two, 30-minute sessions on different days. 2750 US dollars was the cost for one session. So I believe they spent five and a half thousand US dollars on having Mickey and Minnie show up. Good grief. 
Because this is the thing, because that's like, because that's like assuming that the guests are going to be as delighted by the sight of these (laughs) horrifying giant mascots as you are, which is, I think, I think, I think possibly like a big stretch. But also, unfortunately, if you do get a bootleg Mickey and Minnie Mouse, um, like you are like potentially funding terrorism. So I think Mm. like you do have to (laughs) make sure that you get like an official one if you're going to. So yeah, so this is so this is a very very this is like this is real kind of like I said this is real Reddit am I the arsehole meat and drink like it's like lack of self awareness people love having opinions about how other people choose to have their weddings people love hating on Disney adults people love people love uh people love dunking on someone who is who is being so obviously like just like so so socially obnoxious as to be like uh they should have been delighted by the sight of the uh, by the sight of the kind of giant the, the giant kind of eldritch mouse kind of hoving into view and they should have been happy eating their crisps out of the vending machine after spending probably like probably hundreds of dollars on an outfit etc 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 you got to you um, got to imagine being an adult at a wedding and the bride and groom are like, oh, it's happening. And then in comes two other adults in a, in a Mickey and a Minnie costume to like kind of yeah. to, to, to wave and to hug the couple and then to sort of press the flesh around the room. You're not having yeah. any reaction other than what the fuck is what going fuck? on? <laughs> Yeah, you're, you're probably wondering, like, am I am I having a stroke right now? Is, like, what's is this going why, on? Is this why I'm not being fed? Is this why? Yeah. <laughs> is th- well, my, blo- my blood sugar is so low, I'm hallucinating. <laughs> just some news for you. Um, I so uh, the wedding that you're invited to, Phoebe. Uh, yeah. Uh, I've actually like cancelled the catering because we. <laughs> I've decided, and again, don't tell my wife this, to spend all the catering money on a uh, ten minute. Um, hollow like holographic rendition of uh from uh, Hatsune Miku, the uh, VR uh-huh. superstar. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. So, but there are some vending machines like you know in the building. So do help okay. yourself. I would say well, like I'm the Maltese assuming... Monster Energy combo, very very yeah. good. Okay. All right. Well, I'll I'll, I'll certainly I'll certainly <laughs> bear that, I'll certainly bear that in mind. Uh, yeah. So so this would so this would have just been like a kind of absolutely standard kind of fucking hell. The pe- you know. Isn't isn't like isn't it wonderful to like be a lot to be alive in the age of in the age of kind of platform mediated digital communication where just you're just finding out about new types of people and finding out about life's rich tapestry in ways that you could just simply never imagine. I like I know people like talking about how like oh you know if a medieval peasant ate a Dorito they'd like drop dead on the spot but like <laughs> if somebody from like 1992 was told that they would be able to like have such kind of like access into into complete strangers like very very specific and esoteric manias i think it would i think it would it would it would do something to their to their brains and that would have been that would have been enough if if we had only been given that that would have been that would have that would have been enough but unfortunately um academics are allowed to have Twitter accounts now um, and are indeed encouraged to use Twitter as their kind of scribbledy notebook where they where they use it to kind of sound out ideas in front of a hostile audience of paying um, <laughs> baboons um, and worst an academic night you've ever been to <laughs> that is what that is I think that is what Twitter is like Twitter is like is the inevitable 
inevitable endpoint of of improv, and it's what we deserve. It's the world we deserve. It's the world yeah. we built, and the world. Or it's we deserve. like yeah, or it's like the worst stand up comedy night you've been to, and everyone gets a slot, and everyone gets well, most people get booed. Yeah, I've got a yeah. I've got great news for you, Phoebe, uh, yeah. which is that some wonderful generous soul uh, went to the Internet Archive Wayback Machine on June the mm-hmm. 7th and pushed the big button on this person's account. <laughs> uh, meaning okay. that, that I have here a preserved copy of this academic's uh, little thread Lovely. in which they pontificate about uh, the Disney adults here. Uh, w- should, I, should I rattle off a bit of it? Let's let, yeah. Let's hear a bit of it. We're not we're not naming the we're not yes, na- naming no, the academic no. in question. But they have a ver- they have a ver- they have a very small account. We're, like the point is not to drive harassment. Uh, no. The point is to uh, in quite a cowardly way uh, talk about them behind their back uh, with no <laughs> right of reply and without naming them, so they'll never find out about it. And also at the end, we expect to be uh, uh, congratulated for um, our decency in doing that. So Andrew, please continue. <laughs> Excellent. That's my that's my style. Uh, so they start off by saying, "I'm a religion studies professor researching Disney, and I'm here to tell you why to <laughs> here to tell you why to stop pathologizing Disney adults." Trending again because of this Reddit post. Disney fairy tale weddings have been a thing since the 1990s. Disney already had a huge honeymoon market and decided to go for weddings. Thousands, if not millions, have married or honeymooned at a Disney park or on a cruise. Does this have to do with religion? Many of the Disney fans I have observed in person and online find immense meaning in the parks. People don't just marry at Disney. They mourn lost relatives at Disney. They go to Disney to celebrate surviving cancer. They go there for one last trip before they die. Religion is a way of making meaning in the world through stories and rituals. It is about a network of relationships with the human and non-human. It is about making homes and confronting <laughs> suffering. <laughs> sorry, sorry, with the human and non-human. Is that by that <laughs> do they mean with Mickey Mouse? I think they mean like the uh, the animatronic Abraham Lincoln. In the... <laughs> 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 okay. Uh, all of this happens at Disney. Cast members literally welcome you home. Is this capitalism? Oh. Sure, it is. Is it also at least quasi-religious? Yes. Disney owns our stories. For some people, both those who have another traditional religion, scare quotes around traditional (laughs) religion, and those who don't, the promise of magic at Disney and the feelings they get there are powerful. I've seen people cry at the fireworks many times. Uh, Would I want to go to a wedding with no food because the bride and groom wanted photos with Mickey? No, no, I would not. (laughs) But when they say Disney is a big part of their lives, I take that seriously. Maybe they met there. Maybe the ideas the mouse stands for brings them joy. <laughs> what are the ideas that the mouse stands for? Uh, what what are the what are the value what are the values of of Mickey Mouse? Uh, I mean, like, all right, I, I'm also, gonna. I mean, I'm... I've got bad news for you about Mickey Mouse. Like, based on when he was created, and based on like the kind of the thoughts of his creator, I've got some bad news about the probable politics mm. of Mickey Mouse. I'll tell you that for a kickoff. I, I will. I will just en- engage in this at face value and say I assume that yeah. this person is talking about the concept of of Disney as the 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 most magical place in the world. 
which is what they refer to it as, mm-hmm. you know. Every hey, we'll we'll drag your dead people out of there so nobody has to <laughs> we'll drag somebody having a heart attack out. <laughs> nobody know? has to be confronted <laughs> with death. Which I think is again, I think that's really interesting. And I think that's like one of the many, many places this extremely stupid analogy falls down. Uh, is that there is absolutely no willingness within the Disney framework to uh to confront the question of death and to confront the question of like of whether of of life's of life's meaning there's no like there's no attempt to kind of engage with any kind of spirituality there's no real attempt to engage with community other than the fact that you are community with the other people involved because you all buy the same shit and that's just you could say that about literally any other access of, of, of consumer capitalism like just because people do treat it with a religious significance doesn't mean that like this is something that should be encouraged right do do either of you remember that movie called Escape from Tomorrow? I no. know I haven't seen it, but I've heard of it. Yeah, so it's a movie from 2013. Um, that's like a sort of I I've I think I've got it, but I haven't seen it. It's here you go. It's the story of an unemployed father having increasingly bizarre experiences and disturbing visions on the last day of a family vacation at the Walt Disney World Resort. The thing that was interesting about it is that they filmed the entire thing on location in a Disney resort, but the entire thing had to be like guerrilla style because if you go in there with a camera and start filming, they will immediately seize your shit. And, and like, you know how they have their own little fiefdom there, basically? Uh, mm. they, will, they will just immediately uh, take your cameras off you and all that sort of stuff. So... They had to sort of film with handheld cameras like tourists do and the the actors kept their scripts like on their phone and stuff to refer to. And the entire thing's kind of filmed very secretly. But the yeah. whole reason that they had to do that is because of, uh, you know, the, the Disney company's insanity about its intellectual property and having such really, really strict control over everything that happens mm-hmm. inside the park. And I think, you know, while on one hand, you have people at the Disney adult end of the spectrum who say, oh, I love everything about this. And so Mm -hmm. that's why it's such a a wonderful thing to me, which must be protected. But as soon as you kind of lift the edge of that rock up, you know, uh, you've got control over everything that's happening in the park and all the Mm -hmm. people in the park and what they're doing and how quickly they will swoop in to pull something out that is kind of, you know, tearing at the fabric of that mm. image that they have mm. going for everybody. Yeah. I mean, this is the thing. Like, if you want to get kind of Reddit atheism about it, you could say that about how a lot of, you could say that same thing about how a lot of um, some aspects of kind of organized religion works. But I think the problem is, is that like everyone, like everyone on, everyone on Reddit is sort of getting together to kind of like slag off these people without really understanding that it, that, the extremely long and I think like interesting kind of history of uh, intellectual, cultural, historical and spiritual inquiry that that has kind of that that forms and coalesces as like questioning whether or not whether or not there is a God uh, over, over over centuries has been distilled down into like neckbeards being racist. And I think that the posting communities of reddit have a lot of responsibility for that so they can't really like they can't really start bitching now 
when there's basically no kind of proper way of like kind of dealing like there's no kind of proper and like non ridiculous and embarrassing way now of like dealing with of like dealing with the insane proposition that 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 Disney is like a religion to people and therefore it should be it should be treated with a kind of similar level of respect it's it's very strange i think anyway to sort of reach that as the conclusion you know mm. to sort of say oh we can see people here who you know the the place that they find real significance and meaning in their life and they go to do something that we would think of as being quite similar to worship uh and and they feel elated and they cry when they're at the services like mm. the, the fireworks and the parades and stuff to to look at all of that and instead of asking the question why are there whole sections of our populace who seemingly have you know no sort of significant meaning in their lives or mm. or need to find some some something to fill this hole that they have you know inside them yeah. and and somewhere to put these feelings yeah you know how how has our society failed these people who yeah. I- are doing yeah. this instead it's just totally flipped around into well if you know if it kind of looks and feels a bit like a religion i guess we should just afford it the same respect yeah yeah right. no, no exa- exactly the re- like the reasoning is like absolutely back to front like nobody is saying that the search for meaning or the search for community or even the search for spirituality or the search for kind of the sort of questions about questions about death or your relationship with the with the with with the universe is like is absurd but I think it's not unreasonable to say that this is an absurd way of approaching it. Mm. Because it's for babies. <laughs> because it's for tiny, tiny babies. So I have a feeling that we could, I'm just like looking at the time right now. Yeah, like, I, th- I feel and, like we could talk about yeah, this for the whole could, episode. Yeah, and so let, 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 let's move off I it. was tempted to, because like I, I do have a lot of thoughts about this in relation to like fandom and like secular studies and all that stuff, but this could take like a very long time. Mm. Um, so maybe something that we can park for a broader conversation, maybe a series at some point where Andrew could come back. Mm. Um, think about that. So like, think of that as your preview, but also, yeah, Disney adults, everyone. Think of um, that as your warning. <laughs> I will only say that like, my only kind of thing is Disney adults, very much like otaku. Like, that's it. I'm not asking, I'm not answering any more questions about that. Um, very much like what? Yeah, exactly. I'm not answering any more questions. But I, I said Disney adults are like Western otaku. And you can look that up and you can like hate me afterwards. Uh, I'm personally um, having a lovely time imagining like a Disney adult hikikomori. Or like someone experiencing fucking kodakushi because they're so, too surrounded by Disney shit for anyone to notice when they die. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, but like, look, we can let... Well, let's talk about uh, let's talk about like something that uh, apparently does give you meaning, but really what it also does is give you a lot of material to post with, and that is being a parent. <laughs> um, I think that there is like there is this kind of joke that I do like very much, which is that being a parent is great because it kind of like infinitely expands your content stream. Um, and I do think I have said this on the show before, but I think that like if you're an anti-abortion person, like it surprises me that one of your tactics isn't to kind of like try to. Um, convince people to like keep their keep like you know keep pregnancies because uh they could just create more content out of it i'm not saying it's the right thing to do i'm definitely not saying that but it might be better than all the kind of like weird and slightly apocalyptic shit that like 
currently get circulated. Those people go um, the wrong way with it because they're like, uh, hey, you could be like me. And then they show you a photo of them and like nine kids. Yes. Like, yeah. no, I don't want to do that. Yeah. Or like all the, yeah, all the kind of like trad stuff where it's like, look, you could be like a stay at home dad and like, you know, um, play like jigsaw with your kids and all that stuff. That doesn't just look so wholesome. It's like, yeah, in this like 1950s drawing, it looks fucking great. But like, you know, have you ever tried to like look after a child before? I'm like, yeah. you know, I, I get very exhausted hanging out with my nephew for like longer than a few hours. Um, yeah, it's it's tough. So like, you know, if you can kind of like convince someone to be like, yeah, you can sort of like make some AdSense money out of it. I feel like that's a much more convincing <laughs> like approach. But yeah, let's talk about like dad posting and parent posting. Uh, it's something that we've wanted to do for a while. Um, and we were like, who uh, who is a dad that we know? <laughs> and we were like, Andrew, he's a dad and he's like a wholesome dad who like posts food photos and everything. You sent us like two tweets um, that I thought were very funny. And I've also kind of got one as well, which I think we've mentioned on the show once before, um, like in passing, but like is very relevant to this. So I'm going to read out my post first. And then Andrew, if you want to like read out the ones that you sent me, we can maybe use that as sort of like the center of our conversation. Triangulate. Um, Yes, that's right. So I've got, um, so this post comes from a guy called uh, Sadiq. Uh, it was posted on uh, the 7th of December, 2018. And he says, why do we bash deadbeat dads for not being there for their kids, but we never question question if the child just has bad vibes or if they're just unpleasant to be around? Um, I have a feeling that actually like that, that tweet came from someone else and Sadiq may have copied it, but it was the most clear resolution version of that tweet that I found. So like he gets the credit for now. Um, some kids yeah. do have bad vibes though man like I'll, I'll tell you this as like uh, if, if you're a normal person like me uh, having children means that eventually at some point you're going to start interacting with a lot more children than you would have otherwise mm-hmm. yeah. you know? do you have to like debate the children do you have to like out logic them I do I don't know if you have to I don't know if, you, <laughs> don't know if you're supposed to um <laughs> i'm i'm certainly from the school of like just talk to kids like people mm-hmm. uh, yeah i i so uh, and and i'm sure sometimes some people look at me and they're like that's kind of rough with that kid just <laughs> talking to somebody else's kid very bluntly you know um no you know what's a good bit like it's just like it, it never gets old great bit is shaking a kid's hand <laughs> it's, it, it's it's just it's really good it's really satisfying the kids kids always love it their parents always find it puzzling. Like it's 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 good. I I shake my daughter's hand regularly, actually. Yeah, and adorable, <laughs> adorable. Yeah, it's important they under. Yeah, it's important that they understand like that every relationship you have is transactional, and it mm. does have to be signified in that way. That's right. No, you, no, you ask you ask a kid what they do. Like, <laughs> like that's, it's it's good. It, it's a, you do it's with a yourself really good when you're bit. not at school. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. A really good. Bit. What's your side hustle? Yeah. Um, so, yeah. so the two things that I had here, um, one's a one's a deep cut, but the two of them I think are, are kind of the on the two ends of the spectrum of how you post about your kids, right? Mm-hmm. One is a deep cut from 2013, February 2013. Kurt Eichenwald is replying to uh, I'm assuming some conversation, <laughs> some very important debate playing out with Clara Jeffrey and Fred Sharples, and he says. Uh, by the way, or BTW, for anyone thinking about threatening my kids, they're big. <laughs> and one is a kung fu master trained in China. Uh-huh. Uh, okay. Uh, all right. So so we got 
we got a bunch of stuff going on here. Um, I think mm-hmm. the primary issue for me is uh, respecting your children too much. Mm-hmm. Like <laughs> get, he's he's immediately given his large sons like a mythical aura here, mm-hmm. you know, uh, and absolute vibes of like, oh, my sons, they beat the shit out of me all day long. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but also, I don't know why anyone like sort of seemingly inviting people to threaten your children online <laughs> is kind of a weird vibe yeah, to me as well. Yeah, like he's definitely he's framing it as a challenge for for a kickoff. And secondly, he like he's not like he's not advancing any proof. Like I need it. Like don't if you if you tell me like your child is big, I'm gonna need some measurements. I need to know height, exactly volume. <laughs> Like, How old I are they? Yeah, like I yeah exactly. Like, are they big relative to their age, or are they yeah, just is like your son a huge big guy? for a twelve-year-old? Yeah, or is he Jack Reacher size? Yeah, exactly. Like, they, like he's there's so much missing information. Like he's like he's written a check that he is refusing to cash on yeah. the subject of his big children. Is your son TV Jack Reacher size or movie Jack Reacher size? <laughs> I need to know before we get into this. Yeah, <laughs> so. At the other end of the spectrum. So, that, yeah, there's that for me, like, posting very seriously about your own kids. <laughs> like, that's a whole vibe of parenting mm-hmm. that is just, it's, it's full of psychology to me. It's uh, people posting about, like, I wish someone would try and fuck with my family. No, <laughs> I don't, personally. <laughs> I don't, it's, it's, very, it's very strange, and I think it really reflects... Um, really reflects a lot of that male psyche that leads to, you know, movies like Taken being extremely popular. Mm-hmm. Uh, right, yeah. Death Wish and things like that. You know, God, it'd rock if someone held my wife up at gunpoint. Like, yeah. that kind of... I would have I would have loved Taken a lot more if like the kind of founding principle had been like, yeah, my kid is massive and she's going <laughs> to find you and she's going to fuck you up because she's huge. <laughs> to duel my child. Yeah. Uh, so up the yeah. other end of the scale, I've I've done a bit of nepotism here, and I have uh, bought a tweet from from my fellow host on Bunta Vista, Theo, who is on Twitter at Iron Randy. <laughs> and so, like, it it was our our five year anniversary of our podcast recently, right? Which wow, is not a, not a thing. <laughs> it's not what anybody wants to say out loud to anyone else. Um. But yeah, so so we've been doing it for five years, and in that time period, Theo has had a whole son. You know, uh, he's had a couple of years of of having a son now, which is a wild thing to happen in the duration of a podcast. You know, mm. uh, and on November twenty second, twenty twenty, Theo tweeted, "I love my baby son, but I do not respect him." <laughs> <laughs> and. That's much more. Theo's that's... so good. Theo, like, <laughs> yeah. Theo, Theo's, such a, Theo's such a great guy. <laughs> <laughs> and that, that to me is like the same sort of speed that I think you've got to be on with babies, which is mm-hmm. I think you can, abs- you can love them. You can want to protect them, um, you know, take care of them, make sure everything yeah. is right in their world, but also don't know how to talk, shitting themselves all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, literally pissing your eating. face. Yeah. yeah, they'll piss in your face and like yep. just expect you to be okay with that. Like, what is the da- the danger of showing respect to a baby is that they then normalize those behaviors, right? Mm. We um, do, ba- do babies piss in your face? Uh, they can do. I mean, like it happened to me once. Um, 
when I learned how to change a nappy. I feel like that. I feel like that might be some the kind of thing that only happens to you, though. It's very <laughs> like, yeah, it's a very Mister Magoo moment I, for I've me. I've never once heard. Again. I've never yeah. heard anyone else being face pissed by a baby. There's um, a lot of piss and shit related things with babies that I've been cool. really lucky to avoid personally. Mm-hmm. Um, like people talk about, you know, oh, I came into a room and like the kids had drawn all over all the walls or like one of them had reached down into his nappy and got a handful of shit and wiped it all over everything and I had to clean mm-hmm. it up. And none of those things uh, have happened to me, which is cool. But um, but yeah, like babies, babies are pretty inherently silly mm-hmm. a lot of, lot of yeah. farting a lot of pooping uh like here's here's another tweet from theo that um reflects this very well i think uh let me see uh from october 26 2020 theo says every comedian in the world laboring away for years could not create something funnier to me than my son straining himself to the point of tears before letting loose an absolutely earth-shattering fart <laughs> And that's, <laughs> that is what's going on a lot of the time. Like you spend time with babies, uh, like making their, their legs go like a little bicycle to help massage farts out of them because they mm-hmm. really can't do anything for themselves. So yeah. there's points in your life where you're like, I didn't think I'd just be uh, spending a lot of time trying to force the farts out of somebody else's body, mm-hmm. you know? Any of that sort of stuff. It's a. It's all a very silly activity, and I. I find people. They're, very, they're comical babies. They're comical yeah. individuals. Yeah, they're I very, just. They're I, very into kind of physical comedy. They like slapstick. Yep. Um. Yeah. They. They do. They think it's really funny when people get like bonked on the head, all that kind of stuff. But I think it's funny when people get bonked on the head. <laughs> I tell you, the, the older I get, the more and more I love slapstick. I think. Mm. Yeah, um, <laughs> absolutely. You'd think like, it'd no, be the is, other way is, around, but no, this is like, yeah, this is right. Like, um, like the more, like the more information I receive about the world, and the more like, and the greater my capacity to kind of access basically pretty much any kind of like comic material that I want. Like, I just, I just want to see someone who has had an egg glued to their head by their friend and mm-hmm. is trying to get the egg to come off. Like that's <laughs> like that. <laughs> I, yeah, I just, I just, I just want to watch any kind of iteration of Jackass. That's all I want. <laughs> I, I, I don't try and don't try and don't try and make jokes. Just like, I, yeah. like, show me a video of a child getting pushed off a swing by a dog. Like that's that, <laughs> that to me yeah, is the you funniest want, shit. Yeah, you, you 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 want to go back. You want to return back to those days when you had what was that show? It was like the embarrassing. Um, it was like it was a it was like a Saturday night staple of just like um home like home videos like gone bad and stuff and it was, it was just uh, like Australia's finest home videos yeah yeah I guess like in that vein and you just had like just the mundane stuff like a like a dog like knocking a baby off like you know a seesaw or something yeah. and you would just have like a laugh track playing over it and it was like the most entertaining shit and now because of like the fact that there's too much content and crucially like probably something to do with just like YouTube pranks always being just like elaborate and dumb means mm-hmm. that like we we often fail to appreciate the humor of a baby falling off a seesaw. Mm. Yeah. Although um, if I if I do ever go back and watch any of those like really old kind of video shows, yeah, uh, little little chunks of them, there's a lot of people getting hit in the nuts, which is great. Mm. Yeah. But yeah. the yeah. ones I can't fuck with are like somebody's 85 year old grandma falling down hard. 
No. Now I'm like, oh no, I'm I'm turning forty this year, and falling yeah. over is a bad time for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you like people are like, oh, it's like wokeness, but it's like no, it's because you recognize that like knees are fragile. And yeah. Oh no, like when fall, you fall down, falling. it takes a while to recover. Oh, fa- yeah, falling falling over from a standing height now, man, that'll take the wind out of you. <laughs> Once upon a time, you just get up and like you know gallop yeah. away, but um, well, like no, a baby. I, I think, <laughs> I think that those those posts to me they reflect uh, different attitudes in the face of of parenthood, you know, mm-hmm. and and I think that that also says a lot about the kind of parent somebody's going to be because, like, something about parenting is it is very vibe based. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you know, if if a baby is upset and you become very irate as a as a result, because you know. Having a baby just wailing away is not soothing uh, mm-hmm. on anybody's nerves or anything. Uh, yeah, but that's like why if you no become baby crying ASMR. Yeah, if you um, if you become very very irate and and you know upset and nervous and tense and all that sort of thing, babies absolutely get that because they're mm. just they're little little animals like everything else. They all understand what's going on, you know. And I think um, I think. Those those two kinds of people. It's either I'm going to laugh at my baby's farts and mm-hmm. and be chill with them, or I'm immediately going to assume that lots of people would love to threaten them, and I'm going to make sure they're trained in the martial arts, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, that they have a a unique set of skills. You know, mm. like I yeah. think it's I think it's really important at this point to like say that we're like we're not really going into like parent influencing and like mommy and daddy blogging because like i actually like i don't think there's any like i like you will like you will not talk me out of it i don't think that there is any uh like moral case for like hawking your children to like as advertising avatars like i i, I just don't like it it, oh. it, it gives me the crazy it makes me sick. yeah I fundamentally um, disagree. I will be using if I have a kid in the next few years. I will be using them to like get get like a discounted Squarespace. Yeah, uh, oh, see, obviously. I I posted a lot more about my kids, mm. um, in the first couple of years, right? Mm-hmm. Um, when they were like straight up babies, you know, babies yeah. to toddlers. Mm. Um, no talking kind of stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. we posted like me and my wife both posted a lot more videos of them then you know mm-hmm. yeah uh, but it got to a point i think where as soon as our kids could sort of were like cognizant of things like being filmed and being able to see a picture that someone had taken of them that kind of thing mm. um we just both kind of stopped doing it yeah. not not i don't think there was any great level of coordination between us I think um, mm. now, now if either of us are going to post like something that one of our kids has drawn or a picture of them or something like that, we ask our kids if it's okay mm-hmm. for us to post the thing. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, I, th- I think that, a- again, it's not something where we sat down and said, these are going to be the rules of social media. Me and my wife sat down and said, here's the rules or anything. It, it, this just seems to have developed pretty naturally, but I think it, makes obvious sense if you are uh like wanting to model an understanding of consent to your children yeah you know we talk to our kids about consent in a bunch of different ways and Mm. 
one of those where like obviously it's not a thing that is exclusive to sex it's also about things like um you know like one that we're sort of getting to at the moment my kids are six and eight i got two daughters and so now we're sort of at an age where i'm having to say to the six-year-old sometimes like it's not cool to tell stories about somebody that they don't want told you know Mm -hmm. yeah like uh like that kind of trying to get your kids to understand context and yeah and when it when it isn't isn't cool to share particular things and and tell you know talk about somebody else's feelings and stuff on their behalf that kind Mm. of thing yeah so me and my me and my wife went to sydney recently and went to it was a rare occasion for us we went away uh without our kids for two nights i think and hung out with other adults uninterrupted for hours it was wild Mm. but um we met this person, we met this uh, younger person who we, I think we all sort of know each other from Twitter and we met in real life. And we, you know, it was a party full of people where I had to say, yes, we do follow each other on Twitter by way of introduction, <laughs> like for everybody. <laughs> and, and everyone there felt palpably bad about doing it, mm-hmm. which made me feel better. So we met this person and, um, you know, we were talking about, uh, how I, I do post a lot of pictures of like, this is what we're having for dinner tonight. I like to cook. Um, I like giving my kids a lot of different kind of food and everything. It means that, you know, they're, they're generally adventurous eaters. They, mm-hmm. they like and appreciate all sorts of different stuff. They ask for all kinds of things, which is nice. They're interested in food, which for me yeah. is, is, is the goal, you know? Yeah. And mm-hmm. so we were talking about that. And this like, person, partic- like particularly with girls, I think, because it's, so easy for um for them to kind of develop like even like even quite young to develop very like mm. horrible relationships with food and i think mm. it's really good yeah. to, to like do what you can to like get them to enjoy it from an early age i think that's like a nice thing that's my that's my that's my feedback on your parenting so do with that do with that what you will i completely agree i think we're we're very very uh, aware of like you know language around eating and diet and mm-hmm. you know people's bodies all that sort of stuff like we mm-hmm. I, I think for us it's just a general rule of like like i was just saying about trying to get them to identify context and things like that mm-hmm. a general rule for us is you just don't need to be talking about anybody else's body yeah you know yeah um so so we were talking to this this person unless this it's party. your giant child then you yes. can talk about <laughs> Then that's like <laughs> no thing idea how big he is. <laughs> you just got to know. <laughs> like that's that's fine. But yeah. Um and and so you know this this person was saying oh you know I love seeing your food posts and stuff because it's it's so great to see like that you're sort of making home cooked meals most nights and like you eat with your family and all that sort of thing. Um I just think it's really it's really nice it makes me feel really nice. And this person told us during the course of this conversation they said. Yeah, I had a I had a mummy blogger mother, you know. Yeah, yeah. They oh. said uh, they said, you know, my mother like was a was a mummy blogger all through me being a kid, and then it just like kept going into them being a teenager, and they were like, yeah, and my mum just kept documenting mm. all this personal stuff about me and publishing it to an audience, knowing. 
that I didn't want her doing it. Oh my god! And and she, was, <laughs> yeah. And this person, this person said, it will be no surprise that that had some effects on my relationship with her. You know? Yeah, I, I don't think that's so very surprising because this is no. something that I kind of want to sort of because yeah, like I said, I think there's like a very obvious. Like, certainly for me, I I find like I find my distaste at the idea of somebody approaching a brand um, and pitching themselves as a good person to be a kind of influencer partner for that brand and like throwing in the kids as like a kind of USP for what makes Mm. them good at a good like kind of advertising avatar. Like, I think that's like I think if you have any kind of left wing analysis of uh, cultural consumption, uh, production, reproduction. There's, I think there's a very obvious case for just being like, that's fucking sick. Like that's, yep. ugh, ugh, I hate <laughs> it. I hate it. Like, and I don't, and I don't feel any particular need to like, like dig any deeper into why I find it distasteful and repulsive. But I think that like when it comes to like what people say about about their kids and like how they post about their kids, I think that what that what you said actually really like really just like hits the nail on the head is that like how are you gonna tell a child not to st- not to say shit about other people that they don't want in public if yeah. you don't extend that kind of courtesy to your child and there is a particular kind of parent poster which they're very very common on twitter who like to talk about their kid being bullied or like people not showing up to their birthday party and it's like are you you're you're com- like you're compounding this horrible thing that yeah. has happened to them by <laughs> They also, yeah, they're also kind of like, oh, they, he, like my kid, my four-year-old kid would love it if, like, you know, people on here would, uh, were, were, would wish him a happy birthday. Your and they four-year-old kid vir- doesn't know what Twitter is, <laughs> right? They could be super viral, but it's like, what, like, why would they want like some fucking forty, fifty-year-old who they don't know, um, yeah. like, and is not even friends with their parents to like wish them a happy birthday? I don't yes. understand. Like, yeah, like when I see the kind of like, oh, no one came to my little boy's birthday party. Why not cheer him up and tell him that he, that there are people who like him? And then it's like strangers being like, oh, bless him, little man. And it's like, no, 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 no. I'd no. love to be in the party room at McDonald's with your son sharing <laughs> yeah, ice cream yeah. cake. Yeah, it, yeah, no, exactly. Like that's like that's exactly it. And it's because um, there was a big thread the other day, which was talking about how uh, they were worried. This person was worried that their child was getting um, was getting kind of hard right radicalized by playing some online game and like the kind of people that they were like talking to. Uh, and it was like all this like advice about like how to spot the signs that your kid is getting radicalized and like when to involve the cops. It's like don't involve the cops on your kids. Like it, I don't, like I don't care what you think they're up to on their computer. Don't call the cops on your kids. I feel like that is such a kind of basic baseline of this behavior. This sounds like the um, like the sort of centrist version of uh, remember those things that were like, if you see your kids using these acronyms in text messages. Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like it was like it was loads like that, and it, and there didn't seem to be any kind of like space for being like, well, like lots of kids think and say really fucked up stuff. Like that's like that's kind of, like teenagers have to be given a kind of I don't want to say safe space, but like they have to be given the, a kind of contained environment and given the given the kind of tools to kind of deal with that in that like in their own way. And, at that, and, I, and I know it's like I know it's different from when I was a teenager. I know like the kind of the sheer like the sheer like breadth and like 
like quantity of this stuff that they're going to just be seeing just like all the time i appreciate it's a very very different thing in a very different mm. time but like the best you can do as a parent is just to try to kind of prepare them for it i suppose mm. but what i think was interesting about this thread is that like they're saying like oh you know and i also caught them sort of saying like really unwise things to strangers which made it very kind of obvious like where we lived and stuff and okay yeah right that's like dumb and that's something that you can like tell a child not to do but in terms of like the behavior that you're modeling for them, if what they see is anything happens between them and their parent, the first thing their parent does is goes and starts running their mouth off to literally thousands of strangers. And again, presumed hostile strangers, like if you're posting anything on Twitter, assume that the audience that is seeing it is hostile. Like that doesn't, it doesn't make any sense to assume anything else. So I, I think, just... so I all, yeah, yeah, sorry. Yeah. Oh no! I was, I was, I was just gonna say, like, I, I cannot imagine, I cannot imagine being like, you know, I feel like, I feel like my child is in a place of vulnerability. I'm worried mm. about them, you know. I think maybe they've got needs that aren't being met. I'm worried about how they're expressing themselves or who they're, who they're associating with. I just mm. cannot imagine the impulse being like, man, I got to put this out there. I yeah. got to get the opinions no. of some total fucking strangers. Yeah, like, who are gonna that, say that, stuff? Who are gonna say stuff like, "Sorry, your kid's a Nazi, so you may as well just cut them <laughs> off now." Like, yeah. like, 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 call what? the cops. <laughs> yeah, call, <laughs> like either call the cops or sorry. Like, once this happens, there's literally nothing you can do. Sorry. Yeah. Um, but I think what I think basically what it comes down to is like my feeling about people posting about their kids is like is so completely contingent on what I feel about the person doing it. Like. And I know how hypocritical that is, and I don't care. Don't, like, don't, like, don't, like, don't point out the hypocrisy because I know that it's there, yeah. and I like, I actively lean into it. So, uh, so like, so I'll see. So if I see someone who I like don't like posting something about like the, about their child, then I'm just like, you know what, like your child is a person. They are entitled to their privacy. You, they are not an avatar of your vanity. Like, how dare you make them part of your posting persona? But then like someone I like does it and I'm just like, yeah, that's funny. You are, <laughs> you, you owned your kid right there. Like, you really, you really showed, you really showed that kid who's boss. <laughs> I, th I think for me, like a, a sort of given is, you know, if, if, you were, if you were looking at this as an adult about yourself, mm. like when you were a kid, you know, uh, like re reading those sorts of stories about yourself or recollections of yourself or whatever, would you be embarrassed or would you think that's a kind of fucked up thing to share about me or about something between us? And like, mm. there's a lot of stuff, particularly with like just younger kids. Uh, I want to say, I want to say maybe like sub 10, sub five years old, where you, your kids are really very much like, still developing a lot of basic skills and ability to interact with other people and stuff. So there's a lot of kind of funny things that happen as a byproduct of that. Mm. I think once you start getting outside of that kind of time period, your, your kids really have started to grow into like their own personalities mm -hmm. and they they have way more agency in terms of like, and, and way more uh, external inputs. You know, if you got mm. a two-year-old, it's like you, you are 90 some percent of their time. They'll meet other people, they'll see other people, but you're there with them just all the time, you know? Mm. Now my kids mm. are at an age where they go off to school five days a week. They go to birthday parties, you know, with other kids. They, they go to other kids' houses. They have play dates, you know, all that sort mm -hmm. of stuff. And 
Yeah, so it's they're much more in a world where like they've got to learn how to interact with other people and how to mm-hmm. express themselves and that maybe there are some things that you don't need to share with absolutely everybody all the time. Mm-hmm. Um I I can see some of that stuff in my kids or one of my kids in particular now. I can see a lot of like myself uh where I I was always a chronic oversharer, you know? Mm-hmm. I had I had very very few boundaries, and I'm sure that there are a lot of people who spend a lot of time producing hours and hours and hours of content for the internet who, who cannot see the same thing, you know, in themselves. <laughs> but like, I, I, I literally don't know what you're talking about. No idea. No <laughs> idea. I have no I have no understanding of, a, of, of of this description. No no idea. But uh, but yeah, it's a, it's it's sort of an interesting thing to navigate this idea of yes, you can document absolutely everything that your kids are doing all the time, and you can share it with absolutely anybody and everybody. But should you? What stuff should you be documenting? What right. stuff should you be sharing? You know? Yeah. Um, and and it's a relatively new phenomenon, I think. Mm-hmm. You know, there's there's been that cliche for a long time of say like the dad at the baseball game with the video camera who just has to tape everything. Um, there's, there's been that kind of person for as long as we've had that kind of, you know, um, home, home electronics, handheld kind of stuff that is relatively affordable, but it's Mm -hmm. different now. It's, it's different because Mm -hmm. everybody has a high definition camera in their pocket at all times. And it can pretty much hold as much footage as you would like at any given moment. And it's Mm. extremely easy to then just transmit that. I mean, TikTok now, you know, Mm. I I feel like, I feel like that's just the explosion of it being easier than it's been at any point to have like, you know, previously that was a YouTube channel. Yeah. And you had to film stuff, and then you had to put yeah. it on your computer, and then you had to like edit all it, and the then you had to upload are just like, it. it. Like just like in there, like a literal child can do it. Yep, yeah, you had to you had to wait for it all to upload, and then you had to wait for it all to process yeah. at YouTube, and then it'd come up somewhere. And now you just you push the little button, and bang. Yeah, and also and also the other interesting thing about TikTok, and I know that like we're kind of running out of time, so I'm going to wrap up like. Well, I'm gonna like ask for kind of like last question. Although there was so there was so much I did want to ask, um, and maybe we can like revisit at some point. Um, the thing like about TikTok is that it's not only the fact that they make it so easy to like sort of edit videos, but they also kind of like because everything is sort of built into their user interface, and because it's all built into like their platform. Like the incentive is also to edit it in particular ways, which like benefit TikTok uh, in terms of like. It, how it sort of understands viral content. I don't think like YouTube, even though YouTube sort of had that, like for the most part, from what I understand of like, and like I've heard from YouTube creators, the system of like making videos is still like, it's the conventional type of like, every time you make a video, like you're using the t- same type of stuff, you're using mm-hmm. external software. And like YouTube is more just a repository to up, like upload things, right? And to distribute yeah. it. TikTok is like the kind of first, it, it takes in like all the aspects of like, distributive social media but it also takes in all the aspects of like a very easy to use video editing software combines it into one and sort of like creates this different type of video format um which like not only distributes at a faster rate but crucially like has a lot more of immediate impact so even like as a parent like what scares me and like i don't know i I speak to my sister-in-law about this like every so often you know my my nephew is like two and a half years old so isn't quite ready for uh for all that stuff yet but definitely reaching that age and like the question is very much um well how are you sort of going to navigate 
him kind of like entering this world, but it's not only sort of like filled with content, but filled with content at such like that circulates at such a fast rate that like the kind of how we understand parental interventions is going to be like fundamentally challenged, right? Because mm-hmm. um, it's not the case of like, oh, you can locate a certain type of like harmful content and like create materials that can like, you know, uh, fought that or like create systems that can kind of divert that. Like the problem with TikTok is because the circulation is so fast, by the time you do develop that system, um, it's like, well, it's, it, it, it's on the verge of like being outdated anyway. And I was just going to say, if I, if I sat one of my kids down with a phone with TikTok on it and said, watch this for an hour. How yeah. many how many things do you think they would have seen in that hour? And if you if some if one of them then said something and you went, where the hell did you get that? And they'd be like, I don't know. It flashed yeah. past. You know? Well, this is so, so. There was like there was a bit of a data that came out a couple of weeks ago where someone basically did that. It's like how many TikToks could you like reasonably watch within like like I, I don't know if it was an hour, but let's just say for like argument's sake, and it was like well over like two hundred, right? And it wasn't just like. You know, and they were documenting that, okay, you watch some of them like for like the whole way, but like sometimes you're only watching them for like one, two seconds. Like it's much more about the sort of like swiping mechanism as well. Mm. Um, but you could get through like thousand, like you could get through, I reckon, like a, well over, you know, or at least kind of like a thousand pieces of content within an hour on TikTok. And like crucially, it's also by, you know, if someone t- was to ask you, okay, within that hour, like what stuff did you remember and what stuff like kind of stuck with you? I can imagine that like that would be a much more difficult question to answer because the rate of like distribution means that it's very hard to sort of like locate what specific pieces of content, like, you know, how they're sort of like fixated in a particular like time and context, right? And that can be really dangerous, I imagine, for like the development of a child based on what we understand of like, you know, children's development anyway. And I'm by I'm by no means an expert, but like just anecdotally, I kind of imagine and based on like my experiences of like, you know, consuming a lot of online content when I was younger, like I can only imagine that like the rate of which that is happening now can't yeah. be good. Um, no, and, and, I, it, and I guess, yeah, Go on. I, I think you can't you can't turn off the flow either. Um, what I what I think is the really tricky part, and it's something that I spend a lot of time thinking about, and it's getting closer and closer to being a more pressing issue, is uh, how to how to sufficiently kind of shield your children from from mm-hmm. things that they just don't have a capacity to kind of understand at that point, particularly mm-hmm. understanding how it's bad for them, um, but also you need to identify, I think, the points where you you give things to your kids and let them start using them and experiencing them and working with them because mm-hmm. they are they are growing into a world where they need to know how to navigate this stuff. And you yeah. can't help them to navigate it by completely depriving them of using it. You know, I think like to me, that's that's just the same as like trying to protect your children from unwanted pregnancies or STDs by championing mm-hmm. abstinence in your home. Yeah, you know? of course. It's, yeah. it's no good. That's not getting you anywhere. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to have to identify points at which I can introduce my children to like social media mm-hmm. and things like that. Obviously, it is not at this point. I know that there are very young children that are on social media. I think that's fucked up. Mm-hmm. Um, Coming back to something you were saying before, Phoebe, about like the kinds of people who basically monetize their children, you know, mm. online. In a weird way, I, I told one of my children yesterday that 
I was not comfortable with her watching a kind of YouTube video, right? Mm -hmm. um, they don't watch a lot of YouTube. Uh, I'm not into them having like unsupervised access to mm -hmm. YouTube or, or anything particularly kind of unfiltered like that. I'm fine with saying like sit down with the iPad and watch something on Netflix or yeah. Disney or whatever because they're just full pages of kids stuff. That's fine. Um, YouTube, I don't like. They're so They're not going to like accidentally like see something really, really grim on, on Disney, presumably. I don't, I mean, I don't know actually. <laughs> no, but, but the thing that she was watching on YouTube that I said, none of that, thank you. I, I think would still seem very like innocuous to some people. Mm. It was a video. Um, I came in and, and my wife said, look, I'm trying to explain to her why this is not a good thing to watch. Right. She'd, she'd wanted to see a video about some type of toy and they put a video on. And then during the video, my wife's like, uh, -uh. so I, I, you guys would have no reason to have ever seen this type of content before or know that mm -hmm. it exists. So I understand if you don't. Um, there are a lot of videos about like toys. Uh, you know how they basically have like gotcha for kids? Um, the, you oh, know, yeah. the kind of like you buy an egg and it just has a random toy inside it. And you oh, go well, to like find out. Like one. a Kinder egg. Like. In, in theory, except that they're like branded like more and more and elaborate and more expensive. Yeah. There will be okay. ones that are like types of, you know, my, let's say My Little Pony things or whatever the fuck. Yeah, yeah, sure. So, so she wants to see a video of these ones called Matchimals. And it's like a big, big egg thing that you buy and it has a toy inside it. And But the, the form that this video has taken is a family with young kids and they're doing this like scripted thing where the that it's all different shots and the kids are clearly reciting scripted lines and so are the parents. And, and it's all about these toys. There's some kind of storyline involving their neighbors. Their neighbors want to get the toys and they have to get them all or whatever. But that's, that's how they go about doing this, like uh, this unboxing videos, basically where they show them, you know, unwrapping all the toys and I paused the video and I showed my six-year-old, I said, see up in the corner here where it says, this person was either paid money or received free products to make this video about them. Mm. She was like, yes. And I went, that's why I don't want you watching a half hour long video where people yeah. just unwrap these toys and talk about them. And, and the thing that makes me even feel, feel even more shitty about it is in the video, the adults are roping their own children into it, and they don't know. They yeah. don't know they're being put in a fucking ad for Matchimals to make money yeah. for their parents. Yeah. And I don't like that at all. But no. I, also, I also, you know, don't want my kids sitting down to watch a fucking half-hour-long ad. You know, we are, in, yeah. we are in a world now where it is a lot easier for me to not have myself or my children constantly bombarded with advertising you know yeah. it's important to tell them that you shouldn't trust youtubers but you should trust podcasters yes right very because different we, because we only recommend <laughs> products that we've actually tried ourselves and, and 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 really believe in so it is a different it is a different thing like like the last thing i'd like to say i'd like to say about this is that um is that i think quite a lot of this stuff uh particularly in terms of like like how much, like how much of a kind of line, uh, sort of blur, sort of blurred line between privacy and 
and like what and what you say in public and what constitutes a private individual but can a private individual have this very very public searchable and kind of legible life um was that we were talk we talked about this um on the last episode that we did that that, ha- that took in uh tiktok's model um because i'd read this article which was about like teen tiktokers um and about like these like these like teenagers who were like making this huge amount of money or like they were sort of putting it over like they were making this huge amount of money like i think it's probably uh i think it's probably more unusual than not to make a lot of money on tiktok but it was Mm. it was about these teenagers and then there was this like there's this little paragraph the tiny little paragraph about how like teenage about how like you know that obviously you know it's a it's a it's a tough environment and teenagers have to like particularly like teenage girls have to like negotiate like seeing lots of comments like lots of comments like threatening sexual violence and lots of comments like criticizing their appearance and criticizing their bodies and and it and it sort of puts this in this paragraph like it's this absolutely just arbitrary thing which is just sprung out of the clear blue sky and there's nothing anyone can do about it and it's just it's just the way things are for the course it's just it's just par for the course that a a girl who uses this who uses this social media who uses a social media platform should just expect to receive threats of sexual violence that's just that's just what happens if you it's what happens if you are like a woman online and um as these things get kind of broader and broader and broader and there's there's just so much stuff there are so many places that require content and user-generated material to fill their frameworks uh that like the age range is just going to get younger and younger and younger um and with like gen- sort of generations sort of growing up with knowing nothing else other than this kind of digitally mediated life that it's just it's just what happens if your 13 year old makes tiktoks someone's going to threaten to rape her and hey if it's not me, your daughter getting threatened with sexual violence it's gotta be somebody's there's got to be someone's because it's obviously not possible to to try to try to kind of reimagine a culture where this is not the normal run of things and this is actually like and this is actually like an aberration and like people who who do this kind of thing are treated like they are aberrations and not like they are just you know a kind of price of doing business and mm. i think it brings us and, it brings us back to the disney thing which is why is the question not why why are these people compelled to do this in the first place you know yeah. and i i read two reviews recently in a local paper here one was for the first episode of the new kardashian show on mm. uh on disney slash hulu whatever and it was basically saying, you know, well, you know, they've bumped up the production values and they're the same old crafty people, you know. And that's another show where I think, or an, another cast of characters where I think the involvement of their children is very questionable to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but the second review was for, uh, what is the name of... Uh, I thought it was interesting just going back to going back to the Kardashians that when a lot of people were talking about how like about how like Kanye's obviously an abuser and like and people shouldn't be laughing at like this abusive relationship playing out in public and there exa- and one of the examples was that he was objecting to the idea of his 6-year-old child 
being allowed to make TikToks and like with with no one asking him whether or not she should be able to have this kind of yeah this kind of solo mm-hmm. public life as a kind of public figure and like and I'm sorry if I'm missing something here but that sounded to me like a completely reasonable parenting position and mm-hmm. if you're taking the line that like yeah like obviously like my 6-year-old should be like encouraged to start her brand building early then I think that's I think that's fucked I think that's a fucked <laughs> thing to think Oh so so the second show was um it was it was about how there was a new TV show and this was the first episode of it about the Demilio family Mm. And and so Charlie D'Amelio is the most followed person on TikTok, which is a person who does not use TikTok, is kind of very um it's it's always interesting to me to see like people on YouTube or musicians or on TikTok or whatever, where it's like so for Charlie D'Amelio, for example, she has one hundred and forty one million followers. Whew. 141 million followers, and she is currently 18 years mm. old. Yeah. And and she started she started her social media career in 2019, right? Yeah. So, yeah, and like that, that whole I mean I, I won't go into it cuz obviously of like time related stuff and just because it's not the subject of the show, but her backstory in terms of like it's very it's interesting in a very creepy way because it was I, the impression that I got was that she was basically being groomed for some sort of like to be a celebrity of some sort. The TikTok mm. thing kind of like happened, not like randomly, but she kind of ticked all the boxes that you would need to like tick to become like well known on a platform like TikTok. But like her, because her family had like groomed both of the sisters in that way, um, they were basically like designed to sort of be like celebrities. Which is a very upsetting concept. Do we to need me. to make, and, make clear what what meaning of grooming you're using? Uh, oh yeah, for American audience, what I mean by that is like being trained or conditioned. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And As opposed to specifically abused. I can't like, believe we have to do that like type of like clarification now. But, but okay, we do. yeah. Um. So this this article was sort of saying this review was saying, uh, you know, what do you do when you have 140 million followers on TikTok? And you need to try to find some kind of way to turn that into profitability. And I guess the answer is make a TV show if someone offers it to you, you know. Mm-hmm. And they went on to talk about how, uh, like, it's it's a much more somber show than, like, the Kardashians and stuff like that. With a lot of focus on mental health and both of the girls talking a bunch at multiple points about how hard it is for them to like see all the horrible shit people say about them all the time Mm -hmm. and one of them saying oh yeah i used to have like you know a dozen panic attacks a day and i just i i i cannot i i know that you know different people doing wild different shit out there in the world but it's just very difficult for me as the father of daughters i get to say that (laughs) <laughs> uh, I'm qualified i'm qualified i i cannot fathom seeing the first panic attack as a result of like you know a a completely extracurricular activity and to mm. be like well 
you know, if you want to be the most famous teenager on TikTok in the world, sweetie, you're just going to have to have some more panic attacks. Like toughen up. up. I think this is like, this really gets to the, I think gets to the nub of like what I find so objectionable about like, because you see this quite a lot on Twitter as a kind of like, it's a sort of very, it's interesting. It's a kind of, it's like a kind of swaggering, uh, I was super bullied at school and I'm now like reclaiming that narrative to like, to sort of reimagine myself as like a very kind of tough person who like there's nothing you can say to me because it doesn't matter because like you know I was I was forged in the fires mm. um where people are just like uh like this is just what like this is just what online is like uh you obviously never like cut your teeth on forums like this is just what yeah. things are like this is just the way people speak to each other and it's like well okay fine but do you think it's worth engaging in any kind of interrogation or any kind of thought about whether or not like what that's what that's done to people i don't know Mm. i mean i i guess i guess in the case of some of these people you know if if you're if you your whole goal is just to be to be famous or to be rich or to be some combination of those two things which is not a sentiment that i have had any great identification with since i was like you know 15 yeah like like you know in in the same way that like stan culture is crazy to me when you got like adults talking about how in love they are with celebrities and stuff and i'm just like mm, shouldn't mm-hmm. you just be out there like talking to other grown-ups you know <laughs> yeah uh, it's always an option yeah and and so i'm assuming that this stuff generally comes about as a the most important thing in the world is that we be that we be famous that people know who we are and see us yeah. Yeah, but mm-hmm. i i just i just cannot yeah at, just, at, at like at whatever at whatever cost as well mm. and i think that's i think like i don't think i think obviously don't think most parent posting is that but mm. but the idea of like the idea of kind of like framing yourself and framing your family as public figures Mm. And it doesn't, and it doesn't matter what kind of effect that's going to have on you because that's just the way things are. I think that's that feels bad. I don't know. Yeah, I you feel can, like you can not, you can just not do it. I feel like yeah. you could just like, not yeah, you do can, it. You cannot do it. I think, and and maybe this, like, maybe this is the point where we sort of wrap up because again, this is like you can unpack this for like forever. Um, I yeah, you cannot do it. And I think as a parent, like, and especially as kind of. And, you know, for like parents who have sort of grown up in the slop, so to speak, or at least kind of like are aware of sort of the the kind of like darker sides of online and how they kind of amplify. Um, you can kind of like, you can sort of make the choice not to, but making the choice not to then come like with it might also come the acknowledgement that you do have to like sacrifice or just very willingly protect your child from like yeah. fairly public and mainstream aspects of like online life, which again, it's like, it's a complicated question. Um, yeah, not is. least because you have those platforms who, again, like in the same way that they incentivize so many of us to just be like prominent, notable, famous in like whatever capacity. Uh, yeah. I mean, because this is the thing, it's just, cause it is just, a, it is like just a question of scale because there are so many, there's so many like different methods by, by which to become a public figure now. Yeah. Um. And like, de- like definitely, like when I was a kid, like when I was a kid, there was like, and obviously, like this is this is like this is old, this is old old stuff. Like 
there was such a thing as stage parents and child stars mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. every single one of them has grown has grown up like utterly miserable with like psychological and emotional problems at the yin yang like quite often like quite often with like various like various like uh, like struggles with addiction and i don't understand how you can like look at like every pretty much every single historical case of uh of pair of like parents projecting their need for like their need their need for kind of like public notoriety and like their need for fame onto their children and you can see like every single possible case of it bearing in mind that like when like the child stars that i remember when i was when i was a kid uh were not able to like like log on every single day and like see people wishing for their violent death or threatening to rape them Mm. um like how you could look at that and just be like yeah but my kid is tough like it'll be different with my kid if i do this because those kids were just weak and i think it is part of the kind of part of the sort of like i think sort of fairly idiotic kind of swaggering kind of yeah well if you'd spent any time on the something awful forums like this wouldn't even like this wouldn't even like dent your armor and it's like well maybe maybe we should be looking to not have this kind of armor if that's what it leads to i don't know that sixteen-year-old girl just needs to watch some more ISIS beheading videos. Yeah, right? and, then yeah. May- and then maybe, <laughs> and then maybe she'll toughen up, princess. <laughs> jeez, jeez. Oh, that's I'm, look, I'm, I'm just looking forward to the time when it's just like, oh, back in my day, we had ISIS beheading videos, um, and that was when the internet there was a simpler time back then, because uh, <laughs> like, God forbid, what's gonna like? Yeah, I don't know. I don't want to imagine that. Should we? Should we wrap up? Because yeah. like just before we sort of like black pill ourselves even more. Um, mm. No, on that note, uh, Andrew, thank you so much for joining us uh, and joining us for like a while to like talk about uh, your tribulations as a parent and uh, making sure that your child doesn't become an extremely online poster. Yeah, um, you're doing yeah. you're doing a, you're doing a great job. Your girls sound great. Like, <laughs> you're doing great. Yeah. You're, you're doing, doing great. You're doing, you're doing great, man. <laughs> Look, you know, I'm gonna try and protect them for as long as I can, but at some point they're gonna yeah. figure out that I'm a podcaster. Yeah, at some point they will Can't like, fight, yeah, from that. <laughs> yeah, and then and then that's when their innocence will be broken, <laughs> shattered. That's right. Um, no, uh, thank you so much for like joining. If, if people like aren't familiar with you, they should be familiar with you. But if they're not, um, how can they like find the stuff that you're doing and what you're up to? I'll just go to buntavista.com. That's B O O N T A. Uh, oh, I'd uh, I'd give out the phone number to call up and leave a message, but. <laughs> it doesn't work in the uk oh that's a shame that's a shame it is, it um, is. we need to figure out how like, to like a how likely to get... story yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah so follow bones vista we'll put the link in the show notes uh you can follow us at 10k Postpod, uh if you like on twitter.com you can follow me at hkismani on twitter.com uh phoebe do you want to do your plugs yeah um if you'd like to request to follow my twitter uh that's prh roy um if you'd like to follow me on instagram that's phoebe underscore rosa underscore holly you can find all my brand partnerships there um and if you would like to listen to me and milo's seinfeld podcast that is masters of our domain and you can find it on twitter at masters of pod and that's where we post the episodes and pictures of juliet louis dreyfus um, I was going to say that, like, while I'm not accepting brand partnerships, um, if you are someone who works at Monster Energy, like, do get in touch um, <laughs> because I will accept, like, yeah, I I want the monster sponsorship, like, you know, that's the one thing I will like sacrifice 
uh, a lot of my kind of like dignity and self-respect for. Um, I want one of those face rollers that yeah, have me, like, okay, rose yeah. quart, like rose quartz on them and you like okay. rub them on your face. <laughs> okay, those two things. If you're like, if you even do that or you do monster energy, get in touch. We're willing yeah. to like sort of sacrifice a lot for that, but nothing else. Um, yeah. This show is produced by Devin. You can follow them at Devin underscore on earth. You can also listen to Kill James Bond. Uh, they're very good podcasts that they do with Alice Caldwell Kelly and uh, Abigail Thorne. Um, and we finally, like we have a Patreon. Uh, you have bonus content every week. A lot of it's very, very good. All of it's really good, actually. I'm not going to say like some of it's bad. All of it's really good. Uh, <laughs> you know, five bucks a month, uh, you get some cool stuff. Uh, yeah. Uh, so if you want more of us, then you can uh, do that. Um, I think that's it from the rest of the, for, I think that's it. So on that note, we'll catch you later. Have a good one. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.